Welcome back to the Make It Count Podcast. I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Meir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. I'm Tyler Warner, a small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. All right, Tyler, today we're talking the second phase of the Total Control Accounting System, which is the read phase. So last week we did the um, record, record phase. God, I, I know it's... I'm getting confused yeah. all the alliteration here. Look, man, try to make I, it easy I know on this me. stuff now. I'm a total so, control accounting right, so fanboy. Reco- <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you're one of one, I think. Yeah. Um, besides my mom. Um, yeah. But we've got, so the, re, the, the record phase, cleanup, collaboration, consistency. Right. No, cleanup, consistency, collaboration. Okay. And now we're in the read phase, which is inform, integrate, and improve. That's right. So we like those... I would say alliteration, but we like using the the same letter. Sure, okay. Helps. Yeah. Helps. I thought it was going to help me remember. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Apparently not. Um, so let's talk about the inform stage. Um, and really, what I want to do today is I'll just kind of go on a little tangent here, and I'll let you jump in and stop me. Go for it. So inform. So let's kind of back up a little bit and say. So you're moving into this read phase, the inform stage of the read phase. You've just gotten your your data cleaned up. You're consistent with it, and you're collaborating with an advisor. Right. right, So it means I'm keeping up on my transactions. Everything's reconciled. I'm organized in terms Mm -hmm. of my financial data. And I've recently met with a CPA, got a handle. I've kind of, you know, we talked about last week, kind of predicting, um, you know, what what my tax liability might be. And so I've got that sort of... All, all those ducks in a row. You got a foundation. Right. You got somebody that's now kind of looking over your shoulder. They're learning more about your business. Um, so you're kind of in those infancy stages, but you've got the you got the foundation set. So in the informed stage, you're starting to take that data and read it. Hence the read stage. So you're starting to look at what's called key performance indicators or KPIs. You're starting to learn, and a lot of times this is this is comes. It may it's going to sound different to a business owner than it does to an accountant, but business owners are good about having a good intuition about the things that make their business tick, the things that make their business go better. And so you're going to start to understand or or articulate or define what things move the needle in my business. So you and I were talking earlier about a dental practice. Uh, we're going to start to talk about new patient visits or the percentage of those new patient visits that result in a a crown or some kind of procedure versus mm-hmm. a cleaning um, because you're starting to understand, okay, certain things take similar amounts of time or maybe slightly different, but they pay a lot more, the crown versus a cleaning example. Right. You're starting to understand like then, okay, what drives the number of cleanings I get versus the number of crowns I get or Invisalign. Let's just keep the example mm-hmm. going. Then you're going to start to understand, okay, from that, what marketing am I doing? Like, So you're starting to take your data and fine tune like you're you're starting to let it predict things and and let the data tell you something so you can make good decisions. Yeah, so this moves beyond just like okay, I'm tax compliant, I'm right. tax ready to right. now I'm using accounting information to really make improvements ultimately yeah. on, on my business and it starts with I guess information, right? Yeah, yeah, those key performance indicators and they really can be as simple as that. They can be financial, meaning we make a 10% gross profit, that would be a financial kind of indicator, or it can be a non-financial piece of information. Like I told you, new patient visits, customer satisfaction scores, like all of those things go into running your business. So there's certain things that are not even on your financial statements, but they can be derived 
when you have a solid financial footing, like we talked about, mm-hmm. and then you start to add these things on. You start to tell somebody, maybe in the dental example, hey, track our new patient visits, track where they come from, you know, what are the leads coming from, or um, why? what's our best referral source? Maybe there's another dentist in town who doesn't do this procedure, and he, send, or, he or she sends a lot of patients for this procedure. Like, it's starting to get a grasp on what makes this thing hum so that you can dial it in. You can yeah. make the most bang for your buck for your efforts. Right. Yeah. Um, I know, I'm thinking of something. That as, as you're looking and nodding at me, I'm, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought. It was on the uh, on the dental practice. We'll, we'll come back to it. Um, so the next phase is the, info, uh, excuse me, the integrate phase. So this phase, you're taking the data you've learned in the informed phase. The, those KPIs you've now kind of fleshed out, starting to understand that they move the needle for your business or they don't. And you are then integrating them with your team. So you're bringing your team in and saying, okay, these are the things we want to track. And you're starting to get actionable plans from those. So now everybody on your team, and you know this, everybody business owner knows this. Once everybody gets on the same page, aligned with a goal and a vision, momentum happens. And I think you could could say that in the integrate phase is really where some momentum starts to happen because... People now have a goal in mind. You might tell your sales team one thing, your operations team another thing. You're starting to give them targets to shoot for. Gotcha. So a first step in the in the uh, the first phase would be to define these KPIs. Right. Right. Okay. And I guess this is kind of like you said. Every business is going to intuitively know. I mean, yeah. ha- half of it's probably jargon that they're already familiar right. with. Um, but having the the foundation of a financial, being able to track financial things is a good way to at least build on yep. and track those other things. Yeah, I think I think a lot of business owners are kind of have this common sense savvy about them. And so they kind of already have these things. Mm-hmm. But it's good to put the, 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 the dollars and cents to it, like your financial statements with it. Right. And you start to really, that's really when the good stuff happens. When Because I know a lot of business owners that like, they're not Harvard trained business guys, but they really are savvy. And mm-hmm. this is what they understand. They understand these nuances of, man, if I push this domino down, it works much better than this one. Yeah, I would almost even think that most business owners are doing this before they've done the first phase. Right. You know, because yep. this is almost required in some sense if yep. you're going to grow right. or you're trying to at least get your hunch on some of these things or your gut on some of these things while you're growing a business, right. way before you're even worried about, um, you know, sort right. of having all those tax tax duck and ducks in a row. Right. And then what I was, as we're talking, I'm, the one thing I wanted to say that I couldn't remember was a KPI could be simply, or in the, this informed phase, it could be simply having a service that you need to stop performing mm-hmm. versus a service that you need to perform more of. Right. And, and when, I, when I say that is because a lot of times if your financial information isn't organized in such a way where those two things are not um, aggregated, you'll never, they're blending, you'll never know. All you see is the bottom line, but in that scenario, you might have a business, you might have a division of your business that's, let's just say, make easy math, lost $100,000 last year, and one that made two hundred. Well, the net shows a hundred. I'm doing pretty good. Right. But what if you just got rid of the product line or the service line that lost a hundred and doubled down on the one that made two hundred? Yeah, exactly. That's a very simple example of that informed stage of that's Mm -hmm. something that you would really want to know. Yeah, yeah, and it's like we even talked about with the uh, the exterminating example how 
if you drill down to the specific like employee and all the, you know, like their truck, everything that goes with them compared to their billable time, you can really kind of start to get a sense of like, who's the most profitable on the field right. or, or whatever. Yeah. And to that point, a savvy pest control owner is going to know a new guy really ought to hit 12 houses. Mm-hmm. You know, he just kind of knows that from an intuition, sure. kind of to your point. Yeah. Maybe before he's got his data really organized, yeah. he knows, man, yeah. you should be hitting 12 in a day. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what the, I was trying to think of what the acronym of that would be, you right. know, pest <laughs> control per. Right. How, I don't know. That's, yeah. Yeah. They, I guarantee you they have one. Yeah, that's right. You know? That's right. Um, and so in this, in this integrate phase, you're really starting to give people metrics so you've defined the metrics in the informed phase. Mm-hmm. Now you're giving these metrics to people so they can start with, you know, depending upon how, I'm, I'm saying teams, like sales team and operations team. Look, I'm a small business. I don't have a sales and an operations team, but you get my point. Right. There's certain people that have certain things that they should be focused on that maybe certain other people shouldn't. But now you're giving them those those tools to define and narrow their focus. Right. The actual SMART goals, right? right. The measurable right. Um See, you know yeah. That? What, what is smart? You remember? Oh man, let's see if I <laughs> put you on the spot uh, here. Let's see, smart. It's an acronym, it so let's start acronym. there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm blanking on the S. Is it systematic? No. I know it's measurable. Measurable. Oh, it is actionable. Measurable. Actionable. Yep. <laughs> let's let's table that. Ooh, yeah. We'll come back to that next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Shame on me for bringing it up. Without. I don't knowing. know it either. So <laughs> Um, all right, so inform, integrate, improve. Last phase of the read stage. I'm going to call them Short, stages. I think, is S, huh? Is it short? I don't know. No. I don't think that's All right, right. well, let's move on. <laughs> let's move. So I don't improve. want to keep doing that all podcast. Right, right, just... yeah, that's that's really great uh, podcast right there. Uh, back and <laughs> yeah. forth of Tyler, an acronym that we don't Over 20 know. minutes, Tyler remembers an acronym. Right. All right, improve phase is exactly what it sounds like. So in, in the inform phase, you've defined the KPIs. In the integrate phase, you've started to integrate them, and everybody knows what their goals are. And now you're improved. You're just fine-tuning. You're working toward them. You've, you, you're using your data to make improvements. Maybe, maybe a goal you thought um, was attainable or maybe a goal you thought would really move the needle doesn't. So we, we regroup. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, you, you're, you're defining – and improving the goals with those specific teams and just fine-tuning them. Yeah. All right. So that's kind of an overview of, of the three phases right. of the read phase. I know. We um, keep saying can we, can we say three phases of the read stage? All right. Just for both of us. I've, yeah. I've been all over the place with this. I'm literally writing yeah. down stage. You're, you guys are hearing how the sausage is made. <laughs> right. You know? Right. All right. So read... So, Phase in the stage. Yeah, phase okay. of the stage. That's right. All right, I can get on board with that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so those are the three phases of the read stage. Right. Let's maybe kind of go back through them and figure out like what can be done. You know, like I'm thinking of questions like in the inform stage. Sorry, phase. phase. Uh, in the inform phase, how often should you be looking at those things and what you should be looking at right. routinely? Um, and then we can kind of move on to the integrate and maybe give some tips and, and things yeah, there too. I would say um, I would say no more than... Um, In my mind, I guess I'm thinking there's some things you want to be looking at daily, yeah. weekly, and then monthly, maybe quarterly. Yeah, I don't even think it's that much. I think you need. I think you can zoom out. I don't think you want to get too big of a zoom because then you, you miss things. I say monthly. I mean, I really... And look, there are probably some metrics. What's in your, you know, like what cash do you have on hand? Yeah, got to look at that daily. Mm-hmm. But if we starting to really define 
metrics to fine-tune our business, those things don't have to be looked at daily. Those things can be looked at and probably best looked at monthly. You know, so you yeah. can sit back, have some data, don't make rash decisions. That's another thing. If you're looking at this stuff all the time, it's kind of a force for the trees issue. So I would say get some common sense KPIs that matter to your business mm-hmm. or work with an advisor to determine those and start to uh, understand like, okay, these things really make our business go and look at them monthly, maybe yeah. quarterly. And one thing you've mentioned before too is comparing it to the year prior or right. maybe the, the few months before. And yep. that way you have some context as to whether this is good or bad. Yeah, good data and history are your friend in this um, because you can't, understand if things are out of whack if you don't have a historical perspective to draw upon right yeah yeah you don't know to you, you shouldn't be freaking out if the summer's slow if you know that that's just how it is every yeah. summer yeah you know? if you sell ski equipment right, right. right. yeah i mean it's like that's yeah. like one of those obvious ones <laughs> <laughs> right. i don't know if i needed zero to tell me uh <laughs> right Right. Um, but to that end, well, you know, that maybe that's a segue into the integration phase. Right. How much of this can be, you know, one of the things you talked a lot about in the, in the first stage was getting it all into like one hub is a big part of that, right? Yeah. And you obviously recommend zero because it, it can, it can really do that. Right. How much can zero handle in this integration phase? A lot. Uh, but I would tell you the the really nice thing about any cloud application, so any cloud accounting application, like which is what Zero is, is that if there's something that's really specific to your business, chances are there's a great app that plugs right in uh, via an API integration. So um, if you're really like this heavy inventory business and you need a lot of analytics around inventory, great inventory tools. Yeah, Zero has an inventory, but it's not meant to do. 10,000 items and, and, and uh, items that are packaged where there's three or four things that go together, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. raw materials. It's not meant for that. But there's a great application that will do that for you. So, yeah, I mean, your, your accounting software and being organized is the jump-off point to then say, you know, Zero or QuickBooks Online, it does a great job, but, man, we really want this level of specificity. And I would also add, if you're getting to the point where you say things like, we want a little more detail and specificity, then you're at a, that's a good place to be. Because now you're out, again, shopping to fine-tune your business. You're starting to say, man, that inventory we're doing right now, it could be better. Let's mm-hmm. go find a package that does that. So yeah, to your point, you go grab another app that'll plug right in and do more heavy lifting than, than your core package. But it starts with having that core. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I mean, I can imagine, you know, construction yeah. everywhere from construction to anything with, like you said, a lot of inter, uh, inventory or even like, you know, I think of like IT where there's like just as much labor and product right. being delivered. Yep. Um, and you could have, there's all kinds of things I'd imagine you'd want to track. I think at this point, zero connects to, I want to say it's a, right around a thousand apps. So, I mean, think about it. If you go to their app marketplace, just they have it. You can search it by topic or or um, or specific, yeah, by by type. I guess you would say. I mean, think about it. I mean, the possibilities yeah. are endless. Right. Uh, and there's somebody out there with a problem that other people have trying to solve it with an app. Yeah. All right. So that would be a good place to start. Then probably would be the marketplace. I, I think guess so. if you're already kind of craving that information, right. you can kind of think like, man, it would be nice to know X, Y, and Z. And you've already built the discipline of being able to track the data yep. to do something with it. Right. 
then that cloud accounting really opens up, and specifically zero, I should say, because yeah, I mean that's what they we have use, the marketplace. But, yeah, I mean, but QuickBooks Online is the same. I mean, if they're major players, most people want to integrate with those too. So they're going to have most most of those options are going to play nicely with both. Gotcha. Yeah. I'd imagine moving into this inform phase, there is, we've kind of talked a little bit about gut instinct. There is yep. kind of this tension, right, of like being over analytical. And I'm just thinking of like business meetings that I've been in, you know, yeah. where there's like, there's there's people who are like, man, I live and die by the data. Like right. we don't really need to, you know, worry about anything else. Yeah. If the, if, Take if the it, emotion out of it. Yeah, if I, can, if I can make the data, you know, present the case, then let's move forward. And there's some people it's like, man, they just kind of go with that gut. Right. What, uh, you know, this is moving away from accounting expertise and just kind of in a small business. What can you speak to of like the role of that data and uh, how you've seen probably both and yeah. and what the advantages of, of either are? I think it's better. Well, I would say the best scenario is to have it. So let's start there. You know, it's a nice fallback position to have the data. Sure. It's always great to say, you know, we have it, but maybe we're go with our gut. Okay understand that yeah i think it's a worse position to go that's always, probably a really fair argument yeah. like you know you shouldn't go with your gut and if you haven't seen yeah the, <laughs> right. seen the data to the detriment of having data that you <laughs> or, or not yeah i mean i think so that's the first thing i would say is that okay i understand a little more of a gut feel kind of type leader um but man the data just informs and i think the i think the data will start to make that gut reaction or that gut feeling better yeah you know so you're gonna have history and experience going with your gut i'm using air quotes here mm -hmm. but um but a lot of times it's because you can look back at the data and say yeah that was a good decision right but yeah i mean I, so do you you know i think you can do a little bit of both but man i love the data as a fallback yeah i think that offers a lot of clarity i mean i would know i'd be a lot more um excited about going with my gut or challenging maybe history if I at least knew confidently what it looked like. Yeah, maybe your gut is, man, I really think this service is gonna, going to take off. Mm -hmm. And your data says, yeah, we think, you know, we might do pretty well. Right. Okay, maybe you know now the, the floor is just doing pretty well. Yeah. But the ceiling, based on your intuition and what you know that the data just can't tell you because maybe... The data is retro. The data is historically looking right. It's not. Right. It's not looking forward a lot of times, and we haven't even talked about that. Plugins to do kind of projections, but so maybe you're using your intuition to say, no, I think it's going to be better than what the data says. Sure. And to your point earlier, and I feel like, man, I I probably didn't take this seriously enough in some of my business experience, where, you know, you mentioned earlier having an idea of like that example where like you might have been. 200,000, but you had a one service that was yeah. negative, one service that was positive and netted a hundred. So you're like, okay, I'm still, I'm still in business. I'm still doing you pretty know well. what I mean? One of the things where it's like, okay, I, you can have this gut or this maybe, uh, you know, this sense where you're like, I want to go in this new direction, yep. but without having good data and good metrics like this, you really don't know how long you can afford to do that. Right. You don't know how big of a risk you can take if you're not looking at the the measurements and the information. Absolutely. So I would almost say that, yeah, I mean, it really gives you having the, having that information not only just informs how well you're doing on the things you're deciding or the things you've already done, but it can kind of give you an idea of like, what risk can we take? How innovative can we be? Right. How innovative can we afford to be? 
I'll give you a very simple, small example that affected our business. So we used to do probably it's it's been waning over the last three years. We used to do a lot of payroll tax returns. It's kind of a necessary evil. If you're working with a CPA and you have payroll, somebody's got to quarterly file the payroll tax returns, which is essentially a reconciliation. It's you telling the government, here's what we pay people, withheld from their paychecks and here and matched, you know, in terms of tax, uh, Social Security and Medicare tax. And here are the deposits we made for the quarter. It's a reconciliation. Most of the times because people pay their payroll tax ongoing, you don't owe any money. Okay. The client derives no value from it other than your accuracy. It's kind of like being a referee. They only know when you screw it up and you get a penalty and they go, hey, why don't you file my payroll tax returns right? Okay. You make no money on those as a CPA. Every CPA here, if they're listening, they know this because there's no value. If they try to bill by the hour, nobody likes it. So you didn't try to flat rate bill it. You just can't get the value because the client mm-hmm. doesn't value it. We saw this a while back and said, let's get out of the payroll tax return business. There's a couple of clients we still do it for. My point is we knew... Why would we spend time that makes zero dollars? It's basically capacity just thrown out the window. Mm -hmm. We said, let's, you know what, Gusto, they do payroll great. And you know what they also do? They do the payroll tax returns. The selling point to our client was we went to them and said, listen, it's going to cost us money. I'm telling them this. I won't even, I won't bill you for the payroll tax return. That's lost revenue for me. But I knew behind the scenes I was going to go replace that revenue that made me no net profit with revenue that did make me money. Okay. And so we literally just said, we don't want to do payroll tax returns anymore, except for a few people where it's kind of caveats and anomalies. But, and it's tremendously helped us. The client feels better. Their payroll tax has done better. Uh, or it's just done more automated. Mm-hmm. We love Gusto, and then it plugs right into zero, so it's now part of our tech stack. It's like, if you're going to work with us, zero for the accounting, Gusto for the payroll. Because then they start to offer all the tools and HR benefits and I mean, it's great. I and mean, we're hiring an intern. They're going to get a welcome email on the first day, and then the email goes out to the team that tells us their favorite snacks. <laughs> so we can have a Reese's, you know, Reese's Cups on their desk when they come in. I mean, I'm just, you know. I'm you, looking forward to no, it. No, well, you're not the intern. <laughs> <laughs> but you get my point. Data told us, let's make this decision. You know? Yeah. It's a very small example, but you get my point. Right. But yeah, well, I'll, I'll let that end it, man. Yeah. I mean, we're right at time, and that was a good, uh, a good way to end it. Right. So um, next week, we'll be talking about the last stage of the total control accounting system. So definitely stay tuned for that right. next week. Every Monday, we, we go live. So like and subscribe. Well, not really live. Recorded <laughs> Can you up- like a podcast? I just went YouTube there. <laughs> like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. You, all, the only thing you didn't do was click the link. That's right. <laughs> Hit the subscribe button below. Right. My, my nine-year-old. Yeah. That one the notification bell. That's right. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. See you next time.